Question. Do you consider yourself a bold person? Good, good. But do you consider yourself super bold? My guest today says there's a systematic way to increase your boldness and confidence. Let's have ourselves a pocket-sized pep talk, meet this man, and hear how he does it. A pocket-sized pep talk, the podcast that can help energize your business and your life with a quick, inspiring message. Now, here's your host, Rob Jollis. Fred Joyle is an entrepreneur, speaker, business advisor, and author. He's written two best-selling books and as the CEO of one of the top advertising firms in LA, has written and appeared in over 200 television and radio commercials, co-founded the most successful dentist referral service in the country. That's 1-800-DENTIST. And his latest book, Super Bold, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days, is an Amazon and Wall Street Journal bestseller. And I had to have him. You sound bold to me, sir. And I had to shorten that bio. So welcome to the show, Fred. Thanks, Rob. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hear just how super bold this guy is. All right, uh, you know, let let's get to work. I, I hear that you you began as an extremely shy person, a timid person, too timid to even make a phone call, uh, and and yet you've done stand up comedy, improv comedy, spoken to large audiences, celebrities, etc. <laughs> Give me your best ninety seconds. How does somebody go? From And we don't have to go into the process yet, but I'm curious yeah. about your journey. How do you go from that person who did, who is nervous about a phone call to, you know, hobnobbing with celebrities and making those big presentations? I basically got really angry with missed opportunities. Uh, they kept stacking up and I kept stacking the regrets to go with them. And I, I just said, I, I have to figure out a way out of this. Obviously I wasn't born bold like some people. I was the opposite or programmed the opposite way. And so I just started doing stuff that made me uncomfortable until it made me comfortable. And I, and I, and I realized that I was creating a feedback loop of rewards for bold action. So I just kept challenging myself and amplifying it. And, and then I decided I could teach this to people. Many years later, I realized my method for doing it could be compressed because it took me decades into, into a way that anybody could do it and build their boldness and confidence to radically higher levels than they ever imagined. Yeah. And I, and I'm interested, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on that one word because we're similar in this way. I'm a very much rewards person. And um, and not big rewards, but I'm just curious. Give me an example of some of the rewards you you set out for yourself. Uh, you know, I wanted to be able to walk up to anyone and have a normal conversation, whether it's an attractive woman or a successful business person I wanted to meet, or uh, just somebody in line at Starbucks or somebody at a party. Uh, I, I needed that comfort and I wanted to be really good on stage. I, I, and, and that took a, a lot of training and a lot more, some of it should took really long, uh, was, didn't happen quickly, but th that, that desire to do those things is what drove me. And then as, as the rewards kept coming and then they weren't, they were little victories. And it, here's the really important thing is 
sometimes the reward is just in trying, is right. not being disappointed in yourself because you didn't try. It was, a, you would have called it a fail. Let's say I'm trying to meet the, this woman and I go out and find, I walk across the room, talk to her, find out she has a fiance or whatever. That's not a fail because right. I walked up and talked to her. Right. Uh, and it would be the same thing if, if I saw a famous actor and I said, hey, uh, I really admire your work. And she gives me the cold shoulder or he gives me the cold shoulder. I don't know how harassed he's been by fans. That's not a fail. I get to say, I really admire your work. Now, I've had that happen like with Tom Hanks and it turned into a, a, a 10 minute conversation. So something amazing things can happen, but trying is its own reward. Yeah. Have you ever seen, I, I, I talk about this from time to time. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Defending Your Life? Yeah. And if you remember in that movie, what's it all Albert about? Albert Brooks, right? Yeah, Albert Brooks, Meryl Streep. And he is, you know, kind of, he's died, but he has to defend his life and figure out, is he going to move through the universe or come back? But I love the criteria in that movie, and it's similar to yours. It really wasn't about monetary success and these other things that we all think about. He was just overcoming your fears. And they were queuing up, both the prosecutor and the defender, queuing up moments where fear didn't hold the person back, and then moments where fear did hold the person back. And um, I still kind of hold on to that movie a little bit as, yeah, some of the greatest moments of many of our lives, and certainly mine, are not necessarily the success, but where I, I walked into the shark tank, you know, uh, and, uh, and that was the victory in itself. Do you consider yourself an introvert? Yes, uh, I consider myself a bold introvert because yeah. I am really good at being alone. I get a lot of stuff done when I'm alone, but I am not lonely. I, I, I choose the time to be alone. There are people who are alone and lonely because they are afraid to go out. They, they, they create all of these things. And unfortunately, we live in a world where you can hide. You yep. can hide behind a screen. You can hide in a video game. You can hide in, and have everything delivered uh, and never expand your social circle beyond two people. Uh, I didn't want that. Uh, I, I, I wanted to be able to meet people anywhere and go to a foreign country and meet people. Even though I'm not speaking the language, I can still find a way to interact with them. And they'll try as hard as I do. Often it's really fun whereas other people go like i can't go to italy i don't speak italian it's like so you're never gonna see italy that's ridiculous uh, you know you'll there's a mcdonald's there you'll be able to get food don't relax uh, yeah. but it, it, yeah it's it be, became this process of of uh, just creating challenges after a while that and, and then really finding a systematic way of teaching it you know that's that's what super bold is about is a very systematic way with exercises that you do that start really simply. They're actually based on the principles of learning how to do improv comedy, which actually starts non-verbally and builds gradually, gradually up until you can create a scene on stage with three people with no prepared material. It's the, this controlling the intensity of the experience as you venture into your discomfort zone and just embrace it. You, you may have a voice in your head that says, oh, people are going to laugh. You're going to be embarrassed. You're going to fail. And you go, I hear you, but I'm not listening. I'm going right. in. Right. 
right? To me, the only way to fail is to quit on the stool. You know, you put the gloves on and you fight. That's not a failure. You quit on the stool. That's the one that haunts us a little bit. Um, I love something else you said, Fred. Um, I put it in different words, but sometimes when I'm trying to help people who don't feel as confident, um, I, I cling to two words and I talk about a track record. You know, what typically happens in these situations? Because we have these fears of, oh, you know, what do I, well, what typically happens? Well, actually, when I talk to the person at Starbucks, they seem pretty nice, uh, you know, okay. Um, and it's the same with speaking and things like that. I think when people really focus on their track record, uh, it, it it tends to get rid of all the other noise, all the other extremes that I've heard that, um, I love this phrase, Worry is the misuse of your imagination, and people frequently begin to misuse that imagination. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm also glad you said one other thing, and then I want to get to the process. I'm glad that you mentioned that you're an introvert, because you know people think when they see somebody on a stage, they see somebody out there being bold, being super bold, uh, like you, like me, uh, that, oh, that person must be the life of every party. Look, there are times where I don't know about you. I I can be the life of the party, but I've got to be in the mood to be the life of the party. Uh, Quite frankly, if I'm around all my friends, it's easy to be an extrovert. But when I walk into a room of people I don't know, sometimes I have to take a few steps I don't want to just because I don't want to let people down (laughs) because I'm this labeled extrovert. I think we all have a little bit of each in us. And um, so I'm glad you're reaching out. I'm I'm glad that I've got an author who's doing extremely bold things, who's looking me right in the eye and saying, well, in my heart, I'm an introvert. It's powerful. You don't become a different person by by becoming super bold. What you do is you bring your full self to the world, to the people that matter to you, and you don't miss key opportunities in your life because you hesitated or you talked yourself out of it and it disappears. It's a one time thing and it's gone. Whether it's uh, asking for that promotion or talking to that person that you saw and you said, I really want to meet them. And you just, you talk yourself out of it and then they're gone. Or you, you have to give a eulogy for a parent or a good friend. And you say, I don't, I don't, I I hate public speaking. It's like, no, it's not public speaking. It's your one chance to get up and tell everybody how you felt that about this person. And you're going to, that's going to gnaw at you the rest of your life. If you don't do that, that's what it's about. When it matters, you step up, you speak up, you take action. Okay. So let me ask you this. Can anybody do, can anybody learn to do this? Uh, or is it just for the select few? I think I know where you're going, but I need to hear you say it. <laughs> it can be learned by anybody. All it takes is deciding, looking at your life and say, there were bold moments that made a huge difference in my life and I can't figure out how to replicate them. And there's all these other times where I hesitated or, and I missed opportunities and I have regrets and, and they keep haunting me. And when you look at those two things and you say, I am ready to change. That's all it takes. And then I'm going to teach you how to start and work on it every day, a little bit till you build that boldness muscle and you'll feel it happen. And this, and, and in 90 days, you will feel radically different. Now you are going to work on your boldness the rest of your life. I still am too. I'm still catching myself going like, 
I, I could have added one more thing there. I was in that conversation and I, and I let it go a little early when I could have gone one more step. I could have, you know, I could have asked Tom Hanks if I could be an extra in his next show or whatever. But and that's and then just laugh it off and say, I know everybody asks you this, uh, but are you looking for any extras? He's going to say, I don't handle that. But he might say, hey, for somebody as bold as you, I, I want you in my background. Right. No law, no, no harm, no foul. If you bring it up now, there's times where I, I get, always reflect on my bold moves and say, what was, what was even bolder? What, what could I, how could I have dialed it up one more notch? Wow. Uh, is, is there, you know, when I, I teach people to sell, you know, and I teach a repeatable, predictable process. And I'm going to tell you on deck in the on deck circle is some process behaviors from you, but at bat right now is sometimes the battle between style and technique. In other words, Okay, so I'm looking at you right now. For those of you who can't see Fred, he's wearing some, he's rocking some red, red rubber glasses of some sort. He was bending them for me before we started. Uh, got that big head of red hair that I'm incredibly jealous about. Uh, so you have a, a, a style. Sometimes that style, style and techniques be, begin to kind of contradict each other a little bit so people will watch something i'm doing and they'll they'll say oh well you know i'm or you i'm gonna go get some red glasses and i'm gonna dye my hair red no that would be fred style uh, <laughs> technique is what we're doing we, we we own our own style so can you talk to that a little bit of when it comes to being super bold maybe the separation between style and technique here yeah i think what we all have things that we're afraid of doing many times when you take a hard look at them it's because we really want to do them but we are afraid of failing at them yeah. uh so it's not like bungee jumping or something like that it's it's a different sort of thing it's like i would love to join the church choir but i i don't think i'm good enough it's like why don't you let somebody else decide that instead of you being the one to stop you and, and so, but, but it's, but that's your dream and your dreams could be small uh, it, it, by other people's measurements. Some people want to, I want to solve the plastic problem in the ocean. Other people say, I want to be the best dad ever. Okay. That requires boldness because you have to do certain things. You have to be bold enough to say at work, I'm not working an 80 hour week. I don't care. I'm, I'm going to make less money because I, I, I've got 18 years with this kid and I want to be with him. I want to, I, I want to see her grow up. I want to, I want to walk her down the aisle. I, I do not want to miss things with her. And I'm bold enough to say, I don't need the money. I don't need that success. So your boldness is about your life, your dreams, your uh, secret goals, uh, but also from introspection, how, you know, what, how do you want to have your eulogy read? Do you, do you want to say he made buckets of money? Or do you want to say he was the best friend I ever had? You want to, is that what you want to hear people say? Because that's what I want. But that doesn't have to be your dream. It could be you, you had the biggest yacht in New York Harbor. That, that if, if that's what you want, right. you're going to do a bunch of stuff to get, you got to do a bunch of bold stuff to get there, but that that's your life. And so it's, it's not about becoming 
somebody else. It's, it's, it's becoming really deeply in touch with what really matters to you. And are you chasing it every day? Or are you thinking you're going to get to it? Because yeah. a year goes by and then a decade goes by and then a tombstone shows up, you know? So that's, that's the way I look at it. It's like, I'm in the game, I'm in the game of life and I don't know how long the coach is going to let me play. So right. I'm, I'm, I, every, every, every day I'm playing full out. Yeah. Well, I can tell. And you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause I coached a lot of teams, particularly in basketball. And, um, you know, I saw certain people that really wanted to be great. Uh, they wanted it more than anyone else, but they didn't really do anything to be great. They just wanted it so bad. So let's shift there now. Uh, I, I, I'm a former Xerox guy. I don't know if you know that, but, but we, we, we had a process for everything, you know? Yes. And so I'm curious if we can process this a little bit. The book is super bold and uh, I'm assuming we can get it at Amazon and um, yeah. Yeah, all online a, places. You know, and uh, it's in Kindle and, and audible with me reading it and it's all in right. hardcover. Good. Good. See if you can get it into FedEx, by the way, it's a nice get soup. That's a kind of FedEx book to me. And it sure is nice being on a, a cart with 15 other books instead of a million <laughs> parts of Noble or whatever. But uh, that that book to me looks like a classic FedEx book. Let's go at this. I told you on deck and now at bat is the process itself. We're as close as we can get. Give me kind of an, you know, I'm, I'm sure we could spend an hour on this, but yeah. give me the cliff notes a little bit of the systematic approach that you've written about to become, to really get uh, up that bold factor. Yeah. And I'll, I'll compress it into okay. to a, a comprehensible arc, but it's, but it, it's called the pride method and it's an acronym, but the word pride should mean something. It's like, why wouldn't you want to live a life that you're proud of? That's not egotistical. That's you're creating, you're, you're becoming the architect of your life so that it is something you're proud of. So, yeah. The key, key words are preparation, relaxing, insight, dosage, and everyday action. Preparation is just, let's say you want to say something to the, somebody in, in line at the Starbucks in front of you. Think of what you're going to say. Uh, I'm going I'm to compliment his suit. It just looks great on him. I actually pick out the thing that I think is weirdest that I have a judgment about like their purple hair or something like that. And I'll say, and instead of running the judgment, I'll say that, that hair looks amazing on you. Good for you. That's a, that's a bold move. And I actually changed my opinion of them because I've got a stupid judgment and I've erased it. But the other thing about preparation is it's the foundation for spontaneity. You have something you're going to say. And in the moment you can change it because you've got some, you've got a gun in the barrel and you can just shift it. So that preparation is for any situation. Right. And I can go into obviously a lot more detail on that. But the next step is learning to physically relax yourself, which you can do, but not when somebody says, why don't you just relax? It's like, <laughs> oh, I look nervous. That makes me twice as nervous. So my wife, by the way, my wife gets on me all the time because I, I have the trilogy of the all three. Relax, take it easy. 
simmer down. And I tend to work, <laughs> which, which, as you can imagine, really relaxes her oh, a it's lot. Very effective. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just my mom used to do it to me. Why don't you relax? Because I don't know how. Right. <laughs> but there is a way to know. The first thing you do is you check your physiology. Where are you tensing up? Because we're reacting. We react to psychological danger in exactly the same way as physical danger. All of these things in the autonomic nervous system kick in. The air conditioning comes on and we start sweating and all of that stuff. Breathe and relax your body. Take three deep breaths. And it's amazing the power of your breath. So, and, and I talk more in detail, there's some other techniques, but it's they're so simple and in minutes and you reverse the process. You say, wow, I'm in control of my anxiety now. And once you can dial it down, it dials itself down. Because it's now you say, okay, now I can be energized instead of anxious. Giant transition. Mm. The next key, the next letter in the pride method is the I, insights. And it is key insights. What bold people know is 90% of the time, nothing bad happens unless you decide to label it that way. And, and this is really, this, when you make this transition is when you realize that People are not thinking about you anywhere near as much as you think they are. They're thinking about themselves. They may have, and, and are they right just because they have a judgment? If the guy that, that you accidentally cut off on the highway yells, you jerk, are you a jerk? Does that transform you? So why, you, why would you take on the opinions of a stranger? I love the expression, what people think about me is none of my business. People's Ooh. opinions of me is none of my business. Oh, friend, when you I like release that, that yeah. it's so powerful. Yeah. The next step is D, which is dosage, which is as you're building your boldness muscle, you're controlling the intensity. You're working your way up from something really easy and simple to a little more daring, till a, a, a little more challenging. And, and that's what the exercises are about. It's like dialing you up and you do them at your own pace, but you're always edging into your discomfort zone and then retreating back and, and saying, wow, I, what happened? Wow, that wasn't so bad. And then the next day or the next week, you're moving out a little farther until you're doing some pretty wild stuff and realizing nothing bad happens. And then the final thing is everyday action. Doing stuff every day is the most powerful way to achieve your dreams. Whatever you are aiming for, if you work at it every day, what you work at, what you do every day aggregates. What you put off deteriorates. And I, that's what I talked about a little bit before is a month, a year, a decade goes by and you're like, I'll get to it. Um, and what happens is you're older with less energy and, and more mileage on you. Uh, and, and, and more failures that you've sort of embraced. So when you work at something every day, you start to tell your brain, this is who I am. I'm a person that is learning to play piano. I'm a person that exercises. I'm a person that works on my boldness and confidence every day. And you can do it for three minutes. You can do one bold act a day and it aggregates. Now you may want to do three, four or five. And eventually it becomes your default mode because your brain goes, I guess this is who we are. And it literally creates new neural pathways. It, it, this is what they found out about the brain is, and you know, this as well is 
when you create new behaviors, you create new neural pathways at whatever age it is, however you challenge your brain, it will create new neural pathways. And the pathways that you don't reinforce, the shy, underconfident ones will literally atrophy. So it's a powerful thing to do. So those are the steps of the pride method. Wow. I, I got to tell you, uh, you know, I don't let anybody send me a, a, an author's book because if I really like it, I want to buy it and I want to write a review and I want to verify it. Uh, so uh, I, I, I blocked your, your, your the, the pitch person, um, but I'm going to get that book and I'm going to tell you a few reasons why. I, and and you know, play back some of my podcasts. You, you won't see me fawn over an author quite like this. One, I really like a process. I don't, you know, they, they, you, you start talking about being super bold. You run the risk of being super inspirational, super motivational, super entertaining. Uh, and quite frankly, speaker to speaker, if, if Fred and I couldn't do that, we wouldn't be in business. So, but that's the easy part. The hard part is providing something that is repeatable and predictable that people can stylize and utilize um, and I even like the fact that in this book that we're hearing about today, it's interactive. Uh, now, once we have a process, we know we, we've got some interaction. Uh, walk me through that. Uh, uh, put, put me to the paces. How is the book interactive? You've, you've got me already. I'm getting a copy of this book. But I work with a lot of people in career transition. They've been beaten up a little bit. They've been told no a few too many times, and they've lost sight of that former track record. So this is exactly what they need. But how, how can they interact with this material when they're reading it? So they're, they're going to get to the section of the exercises and their five level of exercises. They start, as I said, non-verbally. You're just going to smile at everybody you meet that day, aiming for the person who doesn't smile back. Right. And you're going you're gonna to not take it on. You're not going to say, oh, it must be something wrong with me. You're going to say, it's probably the worst day of their life. Or maybe they got bad teeth. You're going to come up with, instead of Dr. No responses in your head, you're going to start listening to Dr. Yes. And you're going to start to create those responses. And then you're going to journal that. What happened? What did I experience? Wow. I smiled at 20 people. 19 smiled back. And a grumpy old man didn't smile back. Uh, 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 that was, that felt pretty good. I was shocked. I thought half the people wouldn't smile at me. So you, you're journaling and then, and you're aiming for failure in a lot of the exercises, but then eventually you're going to have some moves that you make in your life. And you're going to go, why did that go wrong? You're going to ask yourself, Oh, you know what? I wasn't prepared. I thought I could just walk right up and spontaneously say something clever. And, and it was, it, and that, and then you, and you mine that and say, ah, preparation. Yeah. Hey Fred, let me jump in on that a second. Cause you, you we're, I'm also a huge fan of journaling and I, and I just want to make sure people are hearing this, that at least from my perspective, when you journal, it's always the story you didn't think you were going to tell that is the is the amazing story. So you sit down and go, oh, I don't really have much to say, but I'm going to talk about this interaction that may not have gone so well as you just heard. But it's amazing what happens when you really just let freewheel a little bit because your mind will keep going. It'll go, you know, why was that? And what can I learn from that? And by journaling, I refer to it as you're actually creating almost a, um, a methodical way to be more observant. 
And when you yeah. don't do that, when you just walk around and go, well, I'll remember that, or yeah, I, I think I learned that lesson. I don't know how we learn lessons. So uh, kudos to you again, a big journaling fan I have from my trips and travels. At this point, I have about 2,500 pages of journal entries. And I have learned more from that journal, particularly after I wrote it and then double back once a year and go, oh, there's even a bigger lesson in yeah. that story. Uh, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you, Fred, for a while I had this rule, like, I will not look at my journal. I do not want to interfere with history. <laughs> That's the way I felt <laughs> that day. And I thought, well, good news is you're taking snapshots. Bad news is you're not learning anything with the pictures you're taking. But love the fact you're journaling. I hope people who are listening to this will um, recognize how powerful a tool that is. And anybody can do it. And don't worry about, sorry, I'm, I'm crowbarring me into this a little bit, but I, because I, I tell people, don't worry about, I don't really have much to say today. You know what? Open up the laptop, put your hands on the keyboard and make that journal entry. I don't have much to say today. I'll also make you a little side bet that you'll, you'll write more that day when you thought you knew what you were going to say day. So uh, just open the laptop. Don't quit on the stool again. Get in the game. That's it. I, I mean, it, it is really powerful to examine it because you will say, uh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't walk over and talk to that person that I really wanted to because I was telling myself this. Right. And then you get to say to yourself, was that really true? Or was it something I told myself? If that's the, when you're examining your own thoughts and can stop and say, is that really true? Or where the heck did that come from? Oh, I get it. My dad was always saying this. It's like, don't be a show off. Don't draw attention to yourself. You know, sit down and be quiet. Right, um, right. And, you, and you go, oh, that, that's the thing I heard 50,000 times. That's the programming I got to let go. But yeah. until you examine, like, where did this come from? Why, why am I have a negative voice in my head that's stopping me? Oh, because yeah. it's, it's been in there. Yeah. And you can't get there by just walking by. It's like a dream. How many times do we dream at night and wake up at three in the morning and go, wow, that was powerful. Well, I'll remember that in the morning and off we go. And all we remember is I had a really great dream with a wonderful lesson that I will never remember. That's the, that's what you remember in the morning. So journaling to me is a little bit the same thing. Don't con yourself as, as life is happening, as these moments are happening to go, I got it. I'll remember it. You'll never find that father story that you just went over by just walking past the event and going, well, that was interesting. I'll do better next time. Uh, yeah, so I'll think about it later. Yeah. You, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's, that's amazing. Let me ask you this is, um, can, is there anything about being super bold that you want to debunk, you know, like, like for sales for me, people, I get that question and I'll tell them, well, you know, one thing is I really do believe anybody can sell uh, Two, I believe that, um, everyone says they can create trust. It's a lot more difficult than people give it. So I know some of the debunk areas in the sales world. Tell me one or two in the Super Bowl world. Uh, that it's going to make you a show off. Um, mm. It's going to make you an attention whore. Um, it's actually there when you become Super Bowl, there's a whole element of humility that comes along with it because you also realize how much more you can achieve. So it actually dials back your ego. Ego is primarily driven by insecurity. 
And so as you, as, as you become actually bolder and confident, you don't have to, it's like, it's like when somebody learns martial arts, they very seldom get into fights. One, because right. they radiate, I will kick your ass, right? <laughs> and they don't need to prove that they're strong. They know that they're incredibly capable. And when you have that, you, you radiate it, but it's, it's not, you don't use it as a dominating, manipulating force. You use it to achieve your dreams and ideally make a bigger contribution to other people's lives, whether it's two minutes of making that person feel better about themselves or feel a little more inspired or give them that feedback that they really need but you've been hesitating to say it. And you say, I have to find a way to tell them this because they need to know. That yeah. takes boldness because it's a lot easier to be the nice person. Right. Boldness, right. it takes boldness to give feedback. It takes boldness to take, get feedback, accept feedback. I tell people all the time, I want to hear what you think when I delivered a speech, what did I do wrong? What, where did I lose you? Whatever. And I may get upset when you tell me, but right. I need you to tell me. I will process it. Praise is wonderful, but not has no information. Right. Uh, you know, failure of mistakes, full of information. And I want to mind that. And that takes boldness to take that on because we all want to feel good about ourselves too. But I want to get better. I let that supersede feeling good about myself, deluding myself into thinking I was great when I can be greater. Yeah. I'll self-disclose and tell you that one of my biggest challenges in life is negative feedback. And it's, um, you know, I write about it. I, I'm, I don't write about that big challenge of mine. I write about how to give feedback, how to balance feedback. Um, I know the process for feedback. I've given feedback to many, many people, coaching, et cetera. Um, and yet, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I, I will tell you that it's always been a challenge of mine to just listen don't get defensive. You know, there's always a little voice going, I did so say that, you know, you know, I couldn't do it because the other guy would just process it. But um, I, I will tell you that you know, what you said is, is important for me. And I think a lot of people it's, it's challenging. And the only thing I can add to it is it's not quite as bad when somebody knows how to give feedback and meaning just balance your feedback a little bit and, and maybe let me go first. And, and, and then, uh, you know, a couple of things I could have done differently and a couple of things that I did real well, cause I may not know I did them well. And, um, and I want to make sure I do them next time, but that feedback is a, is a tricky one uh, for a lot of people, including me. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. you want that, you know, tell me the highs and lows, whatever, like, uh, you know, but I, I, I very quickly, a, a guy came up to me after my lecture and he said, you are a great speaker. He says, but you would be even better if you didn't curse. And I said, did I curse? Because I'm thinking of the audience that I had and I was pretty, I didn't drop any F-bombs. I, I, I didn't even say, damn, I think. And I said, what did I say? And he said, you said shit. And in my mind, I'm going, that's cursing. But it was so, uh, it was such an alert. It's like to some people, they're done listening to me because I used something, a, a word that they were uncomfortable with. Yeah. And I could not just say crap. Yeah. Now I may use with the right audience that I know I have certain audiences that I can get as profane as I want. And I know it just, they just jump 
forward. They're like, yeah, and they're like, I, I excite them. But that was such a powerful lesson as like right. to understand that my audience and come down on the side of clean. You know, Jerry Seinfeld has made an entire career never telling uh, a, a single line of profanity in his jokes. Right. Right. So it can be done. Yeah. Brian Regan, also a great comedian. Um, all clean, all clean. Um, I, I will tell you that I, you know, I'm, I'm close to 40 years as a speaker. I never curse on stage. If you catch me, you know, let's have a cup of coffee. I'll, I'll show you. I know all the words. <laughs> I have no problem, but I don't know. And I, you know, the thing is I can have 200 people out there and one or two people don't like a certain word. And it's just, I, I, some people say, well, you got 199 out of 200. What are you stressing about? It's just easier to take care of that one person. And um, so, but I probably would have given you that feedback too. I, I will uh, walk up to a speaker sometime and go, you just don't need it. And now, like you said, you, you pick your spots, you know, your audiences. For me, I don't know an audience where I could guarantee I could lay out money on a table and say, I'm willing to put that. I'll put that my chips all in the center that I know the audience so well that no one will be offended. I don't know. So I stay away from it. But that's just one speaker to another. And even the word, you, you know, I do use the word damn, but yeah. but I coached a team one time. I had a woman come up to me and because uh, I had used it and said, you know, it really was offensive to her. And it was, the, you know, the open, opening the door for GD. And, you know, and I was like, OK, and, I, you know, and I completely took it out of coaching and never said it to a kid again. Uh, yeah. You know, so you just don't know. Uh, all right. One, I, I, I got I could stay with you forever. Uh, so I'm picking my I want to pick my spots. One or two more questions. One is about relaxing. Uh, that's so difficult for some people. And and like we said earlier, 20 minutes ago or so, it was like, you know, I know one way not to relax. Keep yelling at somebody to relax. So um, what are some ways that we can that, that you could provide some tips here for our listeners of how they can relax a little bit more? I, I do a little transcendental meditation sometimes, but let's throw out TM for a moment. Give me a better technique than that one, because that's quite a commitment. All right. So the, the, the thing about the pride method is it's, it's a matrix. It's, it's, it's not a sequence as much as it is. Each part reinforces each other. So in order to relax, be prepared in order to relax, have the insight that not everybody is, is thinking about you all the time. They're thinking about themselves, have the insight that 99% of the time, nothing bad happens unless you decide to label it that way. Use that to inform your state and then change your physical state. So, and, and control the doses you, and say, well, of course I'm nervous. I've, I've never spoken to people before and there's 500 people in this room. Start with 20, start with 10, start with five. Control that dosage so that you're not tongue tied and your memory's gone. Um, but in terms of physically relaxing, the, the most amazing thing you can do, and it's just a physical thing, is to vibrate the vagus nerve in your body. The vagus nerve runs all down the center of your, of your body, and you can vibrate it with your voice. Now, you obviously, it's got to be quiet, or you got to be in a private space. But you take a deep breath in, and then you let it out slowly, making this sound. Ha and you vibrate that nerve. 
and you do that three times in a row, you will physically feel a downshift in your nervousness. You will be more relaxed. And, wow. and then, of course, it starts the, the downward spiral of your nervousness because you said, oh, wow, I'm in control. Maybe I'll do it one more time. Or, geez, I don't even need to. Now I'm just a ball of energy ready to roll it out because you, you want to turn every bit of anxiety into energy. Right. You know, when, when, you know, when we speak, it's, it's, it's the full Rob, right? You don't, you don't want to give them 80%. You want 101% coming out uh, the whole time. And so you want to take any, every bit of what might've been nervousness. And now it's energy. It's like, and it's, and you're focused a hundred percent on giving them everything you got. Yeah, and the totally only way you agree. do that is if yeah. your if your memory's really working and you're prepared and ready to be spontaneous. Some I'm sure some of the best stuff you've done you thought of on stage oh, because yeah. you were right focused on what that audience needed and you just said it the best way you've ever said. Oh yeah, you know you have an adrenaline that you can't simulate in front of a mirror. Uh, I'm always surprised at how much more articulate I am on a stage than off a stage because I everything is just firing. Uh, I, I really, first of all, I'm going to try that technique. You know, one of the things I whisper to people is I can't say it's hundred percent, but it's about 95%, which is what if I told you that before you get out there, that the whole room is rooting for you and people go, how do you know that? Well, well, think about it. They've got two choices. They could say, oh, I hope this guy, Frank comes out here, bores me to tears and teaches me nothing. Okay. Yeah, or that's they could why say, I'm sitting here drinking coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they could say, you know, I need this. I, you know, I hope this guy got his A game going. But in a sense, they're rooting for you because if they're not, they're rooting against themselves. So again, it's not a perfect situation. And I like the vibration of the Vegas nerve, quite yeah, frankly. No, but great. that's something that I just feed the mind of particularly of newer speakers of it just doesn't make sense for people to actually root against you. That's just kind of stinking thinking that's hanging around, but it's not real. It's it's, yeah. it's pretend. And, and a, a, even as a speaker or in any situation, if you apply this, there are no mistakes. Nobody knowed what, knows what you would have said. They only right. know what you are saying. Right. Um, and if, if something goes wrong, I've had, like, I had a video start to play on two screens. And as I clicked the, 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 the clicker, the power failure, there was a power failure in the hotel. Everything went off. And I could have panicked. And I and instead I said, wow, this clicker is more powerful than I thought. <laughs> and then I just told a story. Yeah. Because I had no lights, I had no electricity. And it, what happened is this classic speaker discovery. I took a story that I would normally tell more at the end. And this was way more at the beginning. And when I told it, I went, This is where this story belongs. Right. It belongs in the first 10 minutes, not in the last five. Right. And and so it's like, thank you for the power failure. Yeah. Nothing bad. I've gone on stage that, like I rushed on stage because they hooked up my mic at the last second and they're calling me on stage and I'm running up. My shirt's half untucked. There's a wire hanging around my waist and stuff like that. It takes me five minutes to realize it. And I just, I looked down and I said, excuse me, my wire's dangling and tuck it in. As long as I'm okay with it, anything can happen. Right. A friend of mine broke her heel on the nightmare for a woman, break a heel on stage. Right. 
she takes her shoes off and she says, I guess I got to start spending more than 30 bucks on shoes. She slayed them and she yeah. owned them at that point. Instead of being crushed and embarrassed and humiliated, she seized it as an opportunity to be one of them. Yep. Well, then and you've hit it, Fred, that that one of them piece. See, they can identify with that because their heel has broken before. They've had some of these issues. I wrote a piece one time where I talked about really the, the, the biggest sin that a speaker can make is to make the audience feel sorry for you. Mm -hmm. See, when that heel broke, if she went the other way and she said, oh, oh, what am I going to do? My heel broke. Now that third wall is broken and everybody is so distracted with, oh, my goodness. Which, but her doing that, A, they could identify with it, and B, we don't need to feel sorry for her. Let's keep going. So uh, just like you um, really could have said that, you know, these hotels, what's wrong with them? You know, why aren't they paying? The and um, now the audience, it begins to fracture a little bit. So, yeah, I think one of the things I want people to remember from this part of the conversation is uh, don't put the audience in a position to feel sorry for you. They do, you'll ruin the show for them. That's actually one of the only things that will ruin it. We can pivot. I've done. I've lost power, by the way. Did it in the round. Got took him. Took a stool and put it in the middle of the audience so yeah. they could hear me. And it was it was one of the most beautiful presentations. I I wish I could do it. For, I, I I do live auctions, and from that day forward, I always auction in the round. <laughs> yeah, and I've had situations where total uh, computer PowerPoint failure, and it's in this restaurant. The AV guy doesn't exist all right. of it. And so I said, you know what we're going to do? Just ask me questions. Yeah. Two hours it went oh. and, and, and just, and, and, and all I did was follow their interest for two wow. hours and they, they would have gone till midnight. And I said, Incredible. all right, you, you know, <laughs> wrap up here, but, but em, embrace everything as a gift. Every, every, you know that that's the that's the uh, aikido rule is embrace the hit as a gift everything yep. that happens to you has a reward in it if you right. just embrace it right and they get to see sort of your speed of thought sometimes we watch a speaker and we think well i wonder how many thousand times that guy has said this but when a heel breaks or the lights go out we already know well, I know this hasn't happened a thousand times. Let's see what's going on now. And that's really where you show, I call it mental agility, your ability yeah. to just move and react. Uh, I got to tell you, truly, I could go on forever, but uh, this is supposed to be a pocket-sized pep talk. Yeah. This is, this is a nice, you know, lengthy pep pants. talk. <laughs> so. All right. The book one more time. Tell us, a Super Bold, uh, we can get it where again? I keep forgetting. It's uh, on Amazon, uh, yeah. Kindle, uh, Audible, and hardcover. And right. you can go to my website, fredjoyle.com, uh, download the, the, a, a PDF of the exercises. If you're reading the digital version of it, you're going to want a physical form of the exercises that you can print out. And the journal format is there as well for you to print out. So, uh, right. but otherwise, when you get the book, if somebody's given you a blank journal, you're use that yeah. with the book and start doing the exercises and journaling about what happened with each exercise. That's, that's how you're going to get there in 90 days. 
and you're going to be astounded at the change and it's going to become a lifelong process of of growth and transformation for yourself you chase your dreams yeah yeah and if you don't believe fred just listen to the podcast again and ask yourself how many tips did i just learn about being bold and super bold and just um getting up there and and not letting fear hold you back as we say fred i'll have all your contact information on our site um We've got a way of getting a hold of you. I just want to say personally how grateful I am that you were able to spend some time with us. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, watch for my review. But I got to wait for the book to come first because uh, that one's going on my bookshelf. Um, Really just a wonderful job. And thank you. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. It was a joy to be here. Pleasure meeting you too. Well, listen, folks, we'll do it again the best we can next time. Although this one's going to be tough to beat. Until then. Stay safe. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes, Outcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more information on this show and Rob at Jollis.com. <laughs>